0: It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever, yet so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry, and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps, whether you are 19 and have just started, or have been serving in ministry for 19 years. We hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry.
1: Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Working. Zach, how are you? I'm
0: good, man. This is our new
2: season. This is like yeah. a whole new chapter of After 9. We're now in episode 21. All right. We have 20 hours of stuff online. Wow. That is crazy our podcast
1: can now drink it's <laughs> cool.
2: 21 he's 21 we'll get him something for his birthday i don't know <laughs> it's you know let him do his thing uh so chat i wanted to start this episode off so we're, we're in this new season and we're talking about new things but i thought we could maybe have a look back okay at the history of zach and chat because a lot of folks don't know that we've been friends for a very long time right and in different kind of friendships relationship like kind of an off and on again friendship like not that we ever like ended it or called it quits but just Mm. we met each other through various like intersections in life and so one of those intersections I think is really relevant for our topic today of what it means to deliver a good talk and so I just wanted to maybe invite you in to share a little bit of that history of our friendship
1: well um we Zach and myself did a very we were um,
2: we're certain kind of competitive athletic um
1: just sheer just on the,
2: on the gridiron out there every weekend, <laughs> Friday nights into Saturdays, just Okay, it wasn't that
1: cool. Speech and debate is where Zach and myself— Competitive <laughs> speech and debate.
2: I feel like there's got to be like a recreational speech and debate out there somewhere, because <laughs> they always made it very clear at all the competitions, this is competitive speech and debate, as if to suggest there was other forms of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One where you're not ranked at the end. That's right.
2: Well, he got up and talked, and we clapped. That was nice. <laughs> that would have been a lot less stress inducing. Yeah, so right?
1: Z- Zach and myself, we didn't go to the same high school. We we um we actually lived quite a Far distance down. apart, um in, but in the same state growing up. Um and so we kind of knew knew of each other and and ar- the circuit, the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> what? If, that sounds like we're BMX riders. Yes, you that are pro wrestlers, right? Oh, <laughs> i what mean. What if we were pro wrestlers? <laughs> that would make our story so much cooler. True. um and me and zach were in a rum rumble royale or whatever <laughs> they call it that was a royal rumble when chad reversed yeah. the uh <laughs> syllables as you can as you can tell i'm a big wrestler watcher big, big big wrestler
2: a fan of the sport a yeah. wrestler watcher <laughs> you're making it even weirder than it is but back to speech and debate Yeah, so
1: <laughs> we we knew each other from spe- speech and debate in high school and, and so um that's kind of where um we first met and 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 knew about each other and then um, we got into to college and ministry and all that kind of stuff. Showed and so, up
2: again in each other's lives. Yeah, as it happens. Yeah,
1: I went to school with your wife. You too.
2: did. You were you were a, a Boomer Sooner University of Oklahoma That's right. student alongside Karen. Actually, we're involved in a PLC, right? President's can, Leadership Class together. So student Council for college kids.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: they made all the banners for the pep rallies. <laughs> That's not what it was. It was actually prestigious, and I'm very quite jealous. But, yeah, it was you know, fine. It, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It happened. It, it's over, but it happened. It was no, good. So, but Chad was the speech event king, and he did all kinds of interp events, both humorous and dramatic, and some duet events. And then I did the, the debate thing. So I did the Friday night shouting matches. <laughs> We'd walk around with our file boxes, which kind of tell you real quick, kind of a super brief aside. I actually went back and judged, which just sounds really like hypocritical, like, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. such a judge but went back and like kind of oversaw judge one of the debate events this last fall for Karen's high school. It is a different world out there, man. So we used to lug around these big file boxes of like information regarding like our cases and builds and stuff. And maybe this has changed in the speech world. I don't know, but sat down and these kids, these teams like just pull out the little netbooks, and I'm like, what? Where's all your stuff? Oh, it's all on your computers. <laughs> and they actually swapped files via a usb drive beforehand and i was like that's like the cardinal sin man like the stuff you find in research you protect it because you don't want anybody else to know you have it And like here here's our stuff can we have your stuff and i was just like really confused and bewildered by the whole process now but you know the changing game right they don't play it like they used it's to. It's constantly
1: changing. I, I think things all around us are are changing. Right. I think I mean even think about student ministry when it was, you know, for, first ha- happening in the first beginning. Like no cell phones, right. you know what I mean? No, there's no. a lot of
2: policies in place now that weren't even dreamt of when we were students. I'm sure
1: that there are probably some listeners out there that are going, I remember a time writing my sermon on a typewriter. Right, right.
2: right. Like typed it up. Like I actually have like type notes. Right. Or you have like Actual folders of, like, sermon notes or sermon outlines from, like, previous stuff and not just all digitized Yeah, in your digital brain. Yeah, man. Or this is my favorite, and I can only speak to this because I grew up with the children's minister mom. She had clip art books, and she actually clipped the art out of clip art books, their namesake, and would paste them on a page and then run copies in the newsletter From the Clipped Art, from the Clip Art book. Wait, is that why it's called clip Art? It's called Clip Art because you would cut it out of the books, tape it to a piece of paper, and then you would run it through the machine to make your own little personal news flyer. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So back in the day, but not, Clip Art wasn't just like, uh, the Google image you don't want to use. It was actually like the innovative technology of like, look at all these graphics. Wow! And So it was Fiverr back in the day. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> the original Fiverr
2: Clipart books. Yeah, that is you're welcome awesome. for the free endorsement Fiverr. <laughs> so, but today we're going to talk about talks because I think this is one of the things that Chad and I both come to it uh, from maybe a little bit different angle, uh, just from our kind of pedigree of doing like e- even from each other, right? Like the way you think about a talk is very different than I how sure. I think or put together a talk because of and I think this is the the reason to start the way we did. With a speech and debate kind of like root of how we were taught or how we kind of participated in putting together communications right. right like that's one of the things that I felt i feel like is 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 an interesting piece of our story that not everybody else claims because we actually have done communications or public speaking in a realm that wasn't always sermonic or whatever
1: right. so yeah, even in college, I did a lot of public speaking um type stuff and some communication things and um, and competed in in that realm as well and so um yeah it, it's very different i think than even uh, like a sermon that you would do but i think some of the principles maybe that that we've learned and and gleaned from some of those areas could be very beneficial for um some of our listeners and then just some experience right uh, over time of um speaking at a lot of different places and um a lot of different times like that's been very true uh, for my own life. So. Well, because this is, I think, our afternoon question.
2: As some folks, it just feels like some Wednesday nights, some midweeks, some Sundays, we walk away from sharing, communicating, and it feels like nobody listened. Right. And I feel like that is like the essential question that really drives a lot of this kind of back and forth of being overly concerned of how good my talk was or did I do a good job? That's always the question I have to like stop myself from asking my wife, Karen, every time was, Did I do good? Was it okay? Because we kind of leave it out there like we're hoping that the words that we said out loud that were, you know, rooted in Scripture and inspired by the Spirit landed. And so I think today the the things that we're going to talk about um, are related to that. Like how how do we craft a talk, consider a communication that would land in the right kind of way?
1: And I think those are good questions to ask, right? Because, um, you know, if if you're getting frustrated right now because your kids aren't paying attention during your talk or – they're not retaining a lot of what you're what you're talking about. It's Usually like you could do the same talk twice, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. And if if you're doing the same talk twice, it's probably not landing right, really right. well. Um, but but I think that we need to wrestle with that. We need to evaluate um what we're doing because what we're doing is so important. It is important. And and I think no matter where you're at on this spectrum, maybe for some of you, you're sitting there going, "Man, I am not a good communicator," but honestly more often than not and and i don't want to uh, make the assumption that i don't fit in this category um but man i've talked to a lot of guys that they're like oh yeah communication sermon that's my deal you know (laughs) i got this and then you hear them pay me for the good ones (laughs) right and then you hear them and you're like really oh all right okay fair enough
2: Audience of one, I guess,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so I, I, you know, I think that we need to be honest with ourselves and going, okay, how can I improve on this? Because yeah. I, I don't think, there's... which I think
2: anybody that's worth their salt in communication would tell you, there's always room for improvement. Like I don't think there's a ceiling on like, well, I'm as good as I'm ever going to be right. in communicating, and like that, if if you if you're at that point where like well, I've got it down, know that like just like everything else we talked about earlier, this is a changing, dynamic, fluid kind of structure. Because people are learning in new ways, and so they need to be communicated to in new ways. Sure.
1: All right. So Zach, before we dive into some things, give me give me a story of when it went horribly. When wrong. When it didn't
2: work. Okay. So let's let's paint the picture of like. So we've we've started off by saying maybe we have some insight. Let me start by saying that. I have no insight. (laughs) Uh, Let me give you the story of my worst talk ever. It was actually one of my first talks ever. And so, um, little young, and this is not even like 23 year old youth pastor Zach. This is 19 year old intern Zach. Yes. So, 19 year old intern Zach was given the keys. You've got life
1: by the horns. Life by the
2: horns. Like, dude, I'm a sophomore in college. Like, I am a. I am a state competitor, domestic extemporaneous speaker. Like, I can write a seven-minute talk in 30 minutes and convince the whole world that I even had sources. Like, this is like nothing for me as a 19-year-old guy. And so... Truth,
1: truth number one, humility hum- speaks volume.
2: <laughs> humility speaks louder than words. Uh So I'm 19, I got the bull by the horns. I didn't even look at the curriculum, right? Ugh. So the youth pastor is out of town on a summer You're the weekend. intern that I hated. <laughs> I'm giving the keys. He's like, hey, we're going on vacation. Can you cover Sunday? And I was like, Steve, absolutely I can cover Sunday. I got this on lock. I've been waiting three weeks for you to ask me. Like I don't even know
1: why you show up
2: anymore. Right. It's the third week in June. I've got it figured out. Enjoy, enjoy your summer. I'll see you in the fall. And so um, the talk, I think, was on something related to James, which will, will be even <laughs> Once more again, fruitful as we kind of – There's like, a book in there somewhere. There's a book in there somewhere about some kind of – trials and temptations. <laughs> I'm going to leave it as some kind of trials and temptations cuz looking back this was me not being tempted but being tried on my own insufficiency. No. But here's here's the here's the canvas I need to paint. So I'm I'm about to go up talk, do whatever. Right before that Sunday morning there is a extra group of people beyond the typical youth ministry crew. Some group I think from Kansas or Missouri had come in <laughs> hey, we're on mission, and we were just looking for a church home to worship this morning. We want to be with your youth ministry this morning. And I'm like, all right, doubling my crowd. Okay, <laughs> they heard about me already. Hadn't people are traveling. People are coming in from Kansas to hear me talk, and they haven't even heard me yet. And so I have this ad. Like, so like it almost like kind of has that chilling factor of like, oh, my gosh, this is double the people. I didn't really prepare very well. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I got maybe seven minutes. I don't oh. know. So the little band of students starts to play, does their three songs. They finish the last one. I walk up there, you know, grab the handheld mic, Bible in one hand, feeling it, feeling it. I finish in four minutes flat. Oh, in a way that I was not four minutes. Four minutes. Now, 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 listen. Oh. Some, for some folks, four minutes is the desired start and end time because of your structure. Right. I needed to fill up about seventeen minutes, <laughs> so we are. A little short 13 minutes short on that A little, that little one. short on time So I call the band back up Like any good speaker That hasn't gone long enough Have them play One of the songs They played earlier Thinking you know That's just what we'll do To solve it They go a little short Because they weren't ready So I do what you have to do Chad Higgins I got back up there Yeah you did And I did the talk again Wait The same one The exact same No talk, you did not And I went Five and a half minutes <laughs> So I took that talk and (laughs) delivered it twice. Because sometimes when you're not good at something, you put your own practice in. (laughs) Wow. It was rough. I I will not lie to you and tell you it was rough. And when I got done, that visiting youth (laughs) pastor came in and patted me on the shoulder. And he didn't say much. (laughs) But what he didn't say was communicated in that loving pat on the shoulder of like, first time, huh? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so wherever he, I don't even know his name, but that well, season vet really, you know, wow. reminded well, me. <laughs> that is amazing. So Zach, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk and hopefully give some wisdom to where if you're 19 years old out there and you're giving the, the exact same talk to the same time in the same week, we'll we'll try to help you out. We're
2: going to spare you some deja vu when we return. <laughs> so why don't the kids listen to me? We're going to help you out when you come back from the break.
0: Calling all After9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement in these first 20 episodes. As we move into the next chapter of After9, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash afternine to become a supporter. You can also visit www.afternineministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support.
1: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. Um, we we're talking about sermons, our time that we get Communications, to, Yeah, communicate speaking, with our students each words, week, words, <laughs> microphones, saying things twice. <laughs> <laughs> that story continues to make me laugh. Should I tell it again? No, don't. <laughs> Should I tell it again? Uh, no, that is an amazing, amazing story. Oh, 19-year-old Zach. He's, he's something else, man.
2: He actually had curly hair back in the day instead of just his little... You know, nice little bow, <laughs> pompadour thing. Now, yeah, you know, that's, he had a curly fro.
1: That's awesome, man! I love it. Um So, one of the things that that we want to to walk through um, this week and next week is is given some practical things that we can walk away from. Yes. Um and, and I think that for each of us in in evaluating where we're at as far as being a communicator on on stage with students, I think there's a lot of things that we can. Um, that we can draw from the first thing that I want to point out that that I'd love us to talk about a little bit, Zach, is kind of coming from that story, and I think that that's where um maybe each of us need to pull from is this idea of humility and yeah. what humility does um in our speaking style and our communication, and why that's so important and so what's what's some advice that you would give some of our our listeners in this area of humility specifically when it's coming and talking about their sermon, and and what that needs to look like?
2: Well, I think very differently than maybe, and this is the thing, you know, maybe we learned in a speech and debate setting, like the the humility coming into sharing a word of scripture, sharing a a God-rendered, spirit-delivered kind of word, um, is that your message is bigger than the messenger. Hmm. Uh, I think sometimes we are wired from the comedians we watch on TV or... You know the public speaking we see done in like politics or um, in civil communications that the 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 messenger is this kind of like ah being and it almost doesn't matter what they say because we're buying into the messenger and I do think there is an integrity of who is bringing the message. But at the end of the day, in this regard, I I stand on the side that the message is bigger than the messenger. Absolutely. And so sometimes the broken and the dirty vessel can bring a better message than like the shiny and polished vessel that's like, well, that was really well put together. Because sometimes I think this is the the Pauline wisdom or whatever. If the words are too fancy, we can actually deceive ourselves and think that, well, what he or she said, that's what really convicted people. And so I think – to always approach it as like this is an honor and a gift to even share a word in this forum of like this is this is words from God that I feel like are on my heart and off of this page to share with you. And no, that's that's so approaching really it correctly, good.
1: Yeah. And and I think that that right that's this that spiritual aspect right of um, communicating and de- delivering a sermon that that we humble ourselves before the Lord, yeah. we understand our place in. Um, The whole context of what's going on in that room at that time, but but also just on a public speaking aspect of things, um, when we get to have that type of humility when we speak and prepare, because I think that we we have to get we don't just step up there, you know, and (laughs) we're patting ourselves on the back in the pew beforehand, kind of
2: flipping the Bible open and being like, hey,
1: there's something in here, I guarantee it. Yeah, Um, but there's also this honesty that our students get to see that we are also on this journey with them. The
2: message is, mu- is as much for you as for them. Right. Yeah.
1: And and I think that there's a lot of health in that, right? Because, man, for many students that are walking in their, into your room, they're trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. They're trying to um, – f- for some of them, this is maybe brand new to them. Yeah. And so they're wanting, like, real life, like, uh, okay, you're talking about joy. We've We've yeah. heard, like – Okay, here's a scripture that's brand new to me. Yes. Um, here's some quote from some guy from a book that you know, but I have no clue who he his is. his name
2: makes no sense. Yeah, right. B- Bonhoeffer. Bon- right? <laughs> right. Bonhoeffer.
1: <laughs> it's like, does he play baseball? Right, right. Right. And um, and all of these kind of things, but but it's another thing that when we get to stand in front of students that know us, yeah. Right. And and we get to share, hey. Here's a moment in my life where there was no joy, yeah, right. A- and Christ redeemed me, saved me, and He is my joy. Yes, right. And and there's something real to that. That when we get up there and we're like, "Let me wow you with my words and my funny right, stories right. and all that kind of Turned stuff."
2: Turn your phrase on that one, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that if you're walking away going. Man, I killed it, or man, I yeah.
2: crushed it. Yeah.
1: yeah, or it was horrible, and it was solely on you. Man, I I don't know how many times I can tell you nights where I'm like knocked that one out of the park, yeah. and then it's like no response whatsoever. Yeah, and then there are nights where I'm like that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and kids are like, I needed that. Well, and that's and, and you're that's like, why- I don't even, I don't know that I was coherent. <laughs> needed what what did you need <laughs> what, what did I say? <laughs> I blacked out, and I
2: think that's why the humility in the approach is so important um because if we can share one thing as being decade long veterans of this um, starting from a place of humility means even if you screw up or feel like you fail, um mm-hmm. the fall is much less far <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're starting from a place of humility instead of starting from a place of like I've got this. I'm going to crush this or kill this or whatever the phrase is this week. And I think that's something we'd be really careful and caution our hearts against is to not be um, braggadocious or arrogant. Now, we'll talk in a little bit about what it means to be confident. But let's start by saying the approach is the humble approach. Sure. But approach to what, Chad? So, like, I mean, there's got to be some prep in this. But, like, how, how do you prepare? So, like, okay, I bought in. I'm humble. But, how do I, <laughs> uh, I bought all right fine, I got that one done fine, I'm humble, okay, now, what do I
1: do <laughs> um i I think preparation is extremely important right we We talk about that a lot on our our show, and so one preparation not only in the that specific week, um but I'm a big believer that um teaching is done better over a longer scope, okay. And, and so like a series or like, what do you mean? I even think beyond that, right? I think sometimes we can get so caught up in, you're supposed to do three talks over the same topic right? and you have a graphic, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Brand it, brand it, brand it. (laughs) But man, I, I, I think we need to, we need to be, um, astute learners of our culture and understand how students are taught, um, in, in your community. Because what your students are used to Monday through Friday, if you understand that at a better level, you're going to become a better communicator to them because that's already how they learn okay. for, for the most part. And so I think once we, we start to understand these kind of key principles of really looking at your year or your seven year plan, yeah. right for your students, or however long um, they're in your student ministry for. Whether maybe you're just a junior high youth pastor or just a high school youth pastor, so you have them for you know two years, three years, four years, whatever that may look like. But I, I think you need to go. Okay, for a seventh grader that walks into my ministry, what do I hope to have um, shown them? Um, ex- Brought them into this experience, the of. topics you've covered, right. the
2: way you've delivered it. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: okay. and incorporating even like mission trips and things like that into that bigger teaching plan okay. for them. And so in that, I think that we have to not only open up new topics, but continue to come back to old ones. Okay. Right. Um, Where it's um, relearned, retaught. Um, re-looked at over time. And so I think we we have to look at a bigger picture along the way. But just simple preparation type things. Um, For me, I have this teaching teaching plan that I always have for an entire year. Um, And then I break those down. So the plan is
2: rudimentarily the same or generally the same January through December, or is it a different plan every year? Every
1: year it'll be a different okay, plan. Okay. But
2: you have the whole year kind of in view.
1: Right. But then there will be moments through that year that will tie back to the previous year. Okay. And sometimes maybe even two. Okay. Um, depending on where my students are at. Okay. Kind of the core of them. Um, and so then as I prepare, um, Monday and Wednesdays are my sermon writing days. Um, I like to be at least two weeks ahead of where I'm at, Okay. and so I'm always writing new material on Monday, and then I'm refreshing material on Wednesday.
2: Okay. Can, can I mm. ask you in a pause just in that moment? Mm-hmm. When you say writing material, how detailed is the stuff that you're writing? Is it like line for line, sentence for sentence manuscript, or is it like chunks or outlines? Or like when you, when you write, I feel like that's kind of a nebulous uh, term for some folks that means different things, just kind of like whoever's sharing, but sure. for you, Chad Higgins... When you say you're writing a talk, what does that look like on your laptop or screen or paper?
1: Okay. So for me, and I know that everyone may be different, the story aspects for me, they come very naturally. Okay. Okay. The illustrations or demonstrative stuff. Right. And so what I have to be careful of for myself, and I think it goes back to this humor part is because I know that that goes really well for me. And I can almost now in my life use that as a crutch. Okay. And when I say use it as a crutch, meaning that I know that I can sway an audience with those type of things, okay. and so I guard against myself. Okay, in saying that, when I set down to write, um, I begin with the truth of God. And then I try to build from that. Okay. And so and because I know when I was young, it was like, I got this killer story. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I need to find What's something. that verse that I can tag into that? Right. Yeah. And I think that – I don't think that that is – I don't think it's godly at all. Okay. Um, I, I think that that becomes this very much uh, look at me type thing. And so um, I, I'll take my kind of main idea. Um, I know for me, I have a younger crowd right now. And so, knowing my audience, I realize if I'm going to try to give them three to five points, they're not going to remember that yeah so I narrow it down and go, what is the big main thing that I want them to walk okay. away from and then and so i'll I will um, hone in on a specific scripture that teaches that um, and then from that we'll begin to kind of unpack it okay knowing that I have a younger audience, I try to keep um, a lot of my illustrations and concepts a lot more on the um, concrete-type ideas rather than the abstract ideas. Okay. A couple of years ago, my audience was much older students, and so I taught in a little bit more of an abstract-type way. About that for you to be flexible would, for the audience. And okay. it's for them, right? And yeah. so I think as communicators, we have to be um, acutely aware that m- my communication and my talk is not for me. Yeah. It's not for 32-year-old Chad. It is for... 14 year old Kevin. Right. 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 And, and so I, I've got to sculpt it in, in that sort of way. And so for me, I don't do line for line, um, manuscript. Um, I've tried that in the past for myself. Um, my teaching style, um, when I have everything on a paper, I become more tied to that paper. Okay. Um, and and so for me, what I'll do is I'll take that that central principle. I'll take my scripture. I'll begin to unpack it. Um, I found that m- the sermons that are the um, most well communicated are the ones that I cut information from yeah. more often. Well, and, and
2: I think that I think that is the thing um, that if, if you hear anything on our preparation stuff is that you should do a lot of work up front. Right. But we need to be more editors than we often are. Right. I, I feel like most most of my youth pastor friends that do talks or teach or sermons often talk longer than they should because they're either trying to cover too much or they're trying right. to share every single thing they've learned sure. about the topic without trying to make those tough editorial, like we need to have more on the cutting room floor for some of our talks. And I, when I hear you talk about having a year-long plan or even how you prepare one week, what I'm hearing you say is, I need to know what I'm, going to say because I know what I'm going to say some other time and having that freedom frees you to say like, here's the thing I'm going to say this week. Here's the thing I'm going to say this month because I know another week or another month is coming and that's fine so I can make those tough cuts because I don't have to cover all the bases. Well, and
1: and I think that in in, in part of that preparation, right, you have to get to this place where you teach yourself, if yeah. that makes sense. Okay. And not that we're going, well, I don't know anything about this, but we really study and we dive into it, yeah. allow it to become some of the things that we're just studying, we're reading on, on our own time. And then you think, okay, I'm teaching this to a seventh grader. If you're taking all that you learned that week yeah. and throwing it into a talk... You're probably not going to connect to a seventh grader. you've overwhelmed him or her. They're not where you're at, <laughs> right. and so yes, prepare, study, dive into it, and then go, okay, how do I teach this principle to a seventh grade kid yeah, right and And then we have to get creative in that and and, and we have to to think through, okay, what do we want them to hear? What do we want them to take away from, and then what do we want them to do?
2: Yeah,
1: right. To to build in some of those t- uh, action type things. Of, um, okay, this sinks in if this kid on Thursday lives this out in their life, and then we give them a very specific thing to do, to implement, to begin to uh, to practice this. Because I think a lot of times, um, one of the things that I see a lot of communicators do is they just present information. Yes. Yes. And that's great if you have very critical thinkers and you have students that. Or go, it's a
2: lecture style format, right.
1: or if it's yeah, if it's set up to be the you know ninety minute, fifty
2: minute lecture, right. that's
1: fine, yeah. But 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 we've got to get to a place where we not only um, inform them of what God says, but then give them application to begin to put it into their life, and then I think that that's when over time, your speaking begins to come to life because then you have students that go, I've heard this guy talk before. It may, may, may not be the most polished thing ever. And if that's you, that's okay. But that doesn't mean that God can't use you. Because once that kid realizes, I'm going to listen to this guy and I'm going to listen to what he says, because I start applying these and my life is radically yeah. different because of it. And then and that's the buy-in as they see the fruit
2: of. You know, what you say is wise and applicable and means something. And I think I think for, for our, our time this week, that's where the true confidence comes from, sure. is knowing what you wanted the students to take away or learn that week. Sure. Not just knowing what you wanted to say, but knowing what you wanted them to learn out of what you were going to say. And I think that frees us from trying to stare at a mound of notes and get every single word off the page into their brains, but... For you, the communicator, the speaker, the pastor, if you can hold the one—have notes, have your iPad, that's all fine. But if you can hold the one thing in your head that you're like, I need them to know this. I need them to know that joy is not just the promise of happiness now, but joy is the measure of our whole lives and our whole hope. Mm. Mm. That. Know that. Deliver that say the other things around it, use the scriptural support, but be able to deliver, right. deliver the one thing you want them to know and hold in their head when they walk out.
1: You know, I would leave on this and when we think about confidence in, in our talks, and I think it was something that absolutely changed the way I communicated. You know, we started this episode talking about speech and debate, and, and I think for both of us we had some success in that areas. But when I first started to really— um, communicate the gospel in, in sermons, um, I tried to just use a lot of the things that I learned from high school and college. And I realized very quickly that it wasn't the same. I realized very quickly that there was something different. And I realized that I can stand up in front of a crowd and I can make it all about Chad. And I'm going to get this superficial surface type thing. But I think my true confidence came when I f- truly realized um, that what God wanted in these students' lives is far greater mm. than my own fame or that yeah. my kids liked me. Yeah. And when I trusted upon that and I trusted upon the fact that God is at work and, and I truly got to this place of humility in my life of surrendering to him every time I walked on stage and and asking Him to free me of my own sin of pride, I I saw Him begin to do more and more work in the lives of my students that I could take no credit for. And it's those moments that I felt like I'm finally using the gift that God has given me Mm. for more than just myself. Mm. And I think for some of us out there, I think whether you've had public speaking experience in the past or seminary classes or just... Um, on-the-job training, I think sometimes we can become prideful in what we do. Um, and and I pray against that for all of our listeners today. Because not only does it rob us, I think it robs our students. Yeah. And be assured
2: of this, dear listeners. You are not the only confident voice in mm-hmm. the room sharing. If you believe in the gospel truth, um, you are not the only one that's speaking. Be confident in that. Join us next week. We're going to talk about storytelling, sharing, and dynamically engaging with students. Thanks for listening
0: to After9. Thanks for listening to After9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after to share your story.